When it comes to the Cosmere, as it does for any real science, a lot of our understanding depends on terminology. And when we're talking about the shards of Adenalsium, terminology is more confusing than ever. Hi, I'm Arian, and this week on the World Hopper's Guide, we take a look at splinters, slivers, and shards. So, shiver me timbers and let's get into it, with spoilers ahead for the entire Cosmere, especially the Stormlight Archive and Mistborn Secret History. We begin, naturally, with the shards of Adenalsium, the 16 individuals who picked up the power of divinity in the form of large swaths of investiture following the shattering. Shards have an immense connection to the physical, cognitive, and spiritual realms, granting them powers like the ability to see into the future, to shape the very planets they reside on and the people who live there, and the ability to generate magic systems, among loads of other things. By investing their power in a particular world, the Shards use their near-limitless investiture to influence all aspects of development, but they're not omniscient or omnipotent. The main weakness of any given Shard is that it comes prepackaged with its own overpowering intent that drives it to do what it does and influences every aspect of their personality. So far we know ambition, autonomy, cultivation, devotion, dominion, endowment, honor, odium, preservation, and ruin, with six more shards out there. These intents can oppose one another and lead to massive scale conflicts, as we've seen in both Mistborn and the Stormlight Archive. So in order to be wielded, every shard needs a vessel, an individual with a mind that can direct and shape the investiture and the intent. So for Ruin, this was AT, and for preservation, it was Leros. The 16 original vessels were all present at the Shattering, though some have come and gone as the stories have played out. Though each mind controls its shardic power, they are slowly warped by the intent to the point where mind and magic are effectively one and the same. When preservation and ruin were killed, it was their respective vessels that dropped to the ground, leaving the powers of the shards undirected and up for grabs. The power of the shards, then, was combined under one vessel, Sezed, to become Harmony. In Sezed we see an interesting nuance, which is the fact that he could somewhat direct the flavor of his intent. Combining preservation and ruin could easily have become discord rather than harmony, so the personality of a given vessel has some effect on directing the intent in subtle ways. When a shard has no vessel, though, it simply exists, waiting unused. Its investiture naturally permeates the world without direction, a phenomenon we see on Cell, with the door, although that's different for a lot of reasons, and with honor on Roshar, but Roshar comes later because there's always a lot to talk about there. So what then happens to vessels who give up or lose their shard? We've only met a few of those individuals, who we call Slivers. The Lord Ruler, after taking up a piece of preservation's power at the Well of Ascension, lost it and became known as the Sliver of Infinity, a phrase in the Final Empire that seems to be at least derived from the Cosmere-wide term Sliver. More precisely, a Sliver is a human intelligence who has possessed a significant amount of investiture, above some arbitrary threshold, which can typically only be attained by possessing a shard. It's actually a pretty messy term in-universe. For the official ruling, let's take a branding quote from 2010. What defines an actual sliver of Adenalsium is not as clear-cut as you might think. It's a term that in-universe people who study this have applied to various existences and states. 
every single person on the world of Scadriel has a bit of Leros in them, a bit of the power of preservation. Every single person has a bit of AT in them. There's a certain threshold where these scholars would call you a sliver of Adenalsium, but I would say that any regular misting is probably not a sliver. A full Lerasium mistborn is getting closer, but people who have held one of the powers are what would probably be termed a sliver by the definitions. If you hold all the power, that makes you a shard, but the Lord Ruler held a little bit of it and then let it go. From then on, they refer to that change in him, the residue, what was left, as a sliver. When he held it, he became the shard for a short time, and Vin was a shard for a short time. After Vin gave up the power, what Kelsier is at the end of the trilogy, that's a sliver of Adenalsium. So there you go. At its core, a sliver is a human intelligence that's gained a whole lot of investiture and who may or may not have released it. A Lerasia Mistborn, apparently, would be approaching that threshold and presumably wouldn't release that power once they attain that status. It appears that being a physical entity also matters. When Kelsier took up preservation in Mistborn Secret History, Ruin claimed that a memory of man, aka a cognitive shadow, wouldn't be as powerful a shardholder as one with ties to all three realms, which is presumably why Kelsier couldn't attack Ruin while Vin could. Kelsier's version of preservation was more heavily restricted by the intent, while Vin still had a lot more control at the very beginning of holding the shard. More recently, it's believed that Dalinar Colon attained sliver status at the end of Oathbringer, when he opened Honor's Perpendicularity at the Battle of Thalen Field, and then released the power. However, there are a lot of questions about how that ability works and what it means going forward. Being a sliver expands the mind, leaving a residue that allows some unknown powers, such as being able to notice traces of investiture, which we'll probably explore in Stormlight 4 and 5 if that was truly what Dalinar achieved. Next, then, is something we know a little more about. The term splinter refers to two separate things in the Cosmere, a noun and a verb. The verb to splinter refers to a complicated process of breaking a shard's power into smaller pieces, something which has happened to at least four known shards, devotion and dominion on Cell, ambition in the Threnody system, and honor on Roshar, all splintered by Odium. Meanwhile, Preservation worried that his power would be splintered by Ruin after his death, but Kelsier held it long enough to resist. All of those examples of successful or near-successful splintering have involved the death of the Shard's vessel, but this isn't necessarily the case. There is a word of Brandon that says Tanavast, Honor's holder, is dead, but it's possible for him to have survived the splintering as a mortal, and then to simply have died as a mortal. We don't know if that's the case, obviously, but it's theoretically possible, and is supported by the one other Shard who we've seen splinter. Endowment, the Shard on Nalthus from Warbreaker. Endowment voluntarily splinters herself, giving those pieces to the Returned as the Divine Breath. We don't know why she does it beyond her intent to endow, but it's clear that splintering a shard is going to be really important as time goes on, and it's not always a bad thing. So, a little side note here, I think in order to be more precise, I think we should start considering our phrasing more carefully when we're trying to talk about splintering versus killing something. When we ask if honor is dead, we're opening ourselves up to complications with differentiating a shard from its vessel. Unless I'm incorrect, which is possible, I'm incorrect a lot of times, we should be saying that Tanavast is dead while honor is splintered. Aeona is dead while devotion is splintered. At the end of the Mistborn trilogy, when Vin and AT annihilated each other, 
their holders, Vind and Aty, were dead, but Preservation and Ruin were not splintered. So, a, a splinter, as a noun, is a small piece of shardic power, created by the splintering process, that has attained self-awareness. As opposed to vessels, which are physical beings, splinters are cognitive and spiritual entities. As Brandon says, qualitatively, they are the reverse of one another. A sliver is a human intelligence who has held the power and released it. A splinter has never been human. The examples we know for sure would be Seons and Skays from Elantris, with Devotion and Dominion dead and their power splintered, these little pieces of investiture gain sentience on their own and bonded to people. Spren, especially Honor Spren, which are splinters of honor, and the Unmade, which are voluntary splinters of odium, are another example. But let's move on to some of the more interesting questions, speculations, and contradictions. In particular, uh, let's talk about odium. So obviously, the biggest perpetrator of splintering so far has been Odium. Beyond doing it to himself in order to create the Unmade, his goal, it seems, is to be the most powerful being in the Cosmere. In order to do that, however, he doesn't want to taint himself with the other intents if he takes up the other shards. Therefore, he tries to splinter the other shards and make it difficult for others to pick up the power, leaving him as the de facto most powerful thing. At first, he achieved this kind of amateurishly by shoving the power of devotion and dominion into the cognitive realm, creating the door. Something which Brandon says Odium wasn't entirely happy with overall. Odium then wounded Ambition, which eventually splintered, and then Odium got stuck in the Rosharan system, where he finally managed to kill Tanavast and splinter Honor. But here's the tricky thing. Odium's goal was to make the power unusable, and he did it poorly when he splintered devotion and dominion, then presumably got better with Ambition and Honor. So, if Honor was splintered, with the goal being that it can never be used again, what exactly did Dalinar Colon do at the end of Oathbringer, when he reached into the cognitive and spiritual realms? What exactly did Dalinar Colon do at the end of Oathbringer, when he reached into the cognitive and spiritual realms? Somehow, he used his Bondsmith abilities and his connection to the Stormfather to open the perpendicularity of Honor, and to arguably become a splinter. So how did this happen? I think the key here is the Stormfather. The Stormfather is a lot of things. He's the Spren of the High Storms and the God Spren of Honor. Is that he predates Honor on Roshar. Once Honor settled on Roshar, he infused the Stormfather with his own investiture, turning him into a splinter of Honor. We also know that upon Tanavast's death, he did something to the Stormfather, infusing him with something greater, so that he could carry out Honor's task of finding a new bondsmith to unite them. We also know, based on confirmation from Brandon, that the Stormfather is also a sliver, which makes him different from the Night Watcher and the Unmade, who are the other godspren. So how did this happen? I mean, it's confusing because a sliver is defined as a human who has gained and possibly lost the power of a shard, so... How is the Stormfather that? Well, I think the best bet, and credit to Redditor Rashara for this, I'm not sure if they originated the theory, but that's definitely the comment where I saw it. It's that Tanavast slash Honor's cognitive shadow merged with the Stormfather upon Tanavast's death. And it's this process that makes the Stormfather both a sliver and a cognitive shadow, in addition to being a splinter and a spren. And, I think, is this process, this combination of Dalinar's vessel, the Stormfather as some kind of hybrid, and the Nahel bond between human and Spren that allows Dalinar to temporarily open the perpendicularity. 
Obviously, we'll see more of this in Stormlight 4 and 5 as to whether Dalinar truly ascended and can repeat the process, but there's definitely still a lot to understand, and I currently like this theory the most, that Tanavast is still somewhere in there. He's dead, but, you know, maybe his, his shadow lives on. So thanks for listening to this episode of the World Hopper's Guide. Sorry for the month-long disappearance, uh, vacation, lack of motivation, and uh, poor recording equipment got in the way, but at least two of the three of those have been solved, uh, if you can hear this uh, better. So we should have a couple more episodes out with some more regularity. Uh, I'm always looking for topics that you would love to hear covered because it's tricky for me to figure out where people have questions about the Cosmere. With any comments or ideas you've got, uh, let me know on the Reddit post or email me at uh, worldhoppersguide at gmail.com. Until then, thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music, thanks to The 17th Shard for all the info, uh, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs>